Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 18, where we're going to talk about self-reliance. What's going on, Stephen? Uh, not much, man. Not much. Trying not to get flooded out here. It has been nonstop rain all day. Uh, and by all day, I mean I was up at 5 this morning, and it was pouring hard then and has not stopped. So it's been pretty rough here in South Carolina today. I miss having rain because I haven't had it in months, it feels like. But I don't miss that. I don't miss torrential downpours. Yes, yes. And there's there's rumors of potential snow by the end of the week, which I absolutely hate, and I'm not, I'm not for that at all. I'm not about that at all. Not only is that rare in South Carolina, but that's really early. It is very early. It is very early. It's because, I mean, our summer was all rain. Our fall has been all rain. It's just... A, it's just constantly moist so it's it's just non-stop here well we had a high today of 59 degrees and a low of 37 in Las wow Vegas. wow that's crazy so it's yeah, super cold for you guys there has been no fall fall <laughs> just got skipped who knows who knows like right normally we have normally we have like two weeks of winter and then it's like spring-ish in south carolina so well, apparently we skipped fall, or at least only had maybe a week of it. Yeah, which I'm totally for. I uh, the quicker we can get back to summer, I'm all about that. No, it gets way too hot here in the summer. Well, that's your problem. Spring, I can deal with spring. <laughs> I know that way you can make sure you go outside and water your rocks and gravel, right? Exactly. Make sure your cactus is well hydrated. I do grow weeds here, so that kind of blows, but. I need to do insulation and an air conditioner in my garage before next summer, if possible. That's probably a good idea. A nice little split system, PTAC or something like that. Yeah. So what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Um, not a ton of stuff here lately. Uh, mostly YouTube. I'm trying to get caught back up on YouTube. So it's been it's been nice. I'm watching mostly Samson Boat Co., which I think I've talked about before. It's this English guy. Kind of looks kind of looks like you if you had dirty blonde hair and it was slightly dirtier looking because his hair always looks like he's been in a hurricane. I was like, I do have dirty blonde hair. It just doesn't look like I've been You're, in a hurricane. No, you have like dirty, you know, dirty strawberry blonde hair most of the time. That's what it looks like. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, so he's a English boat builder and apparently like boat racer and maybe a boat captain or something. I'm not sure exactly what his official title is whenever he mans a boat. But uh, he bought this 1910 sailing yacht, big, like 80-foot 
60 or 80 foot thing and he is restoring it in a little town called Squim, Washington, which is way up there. I think it's like two hours from Seattle or an hour and a half from Seattle. It might be Squim. So it's just kind of out. No, it's Squim. Yeah. It is Squim. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Squim, Squim, Washington. But it's pretty cool. Anybody that likes boats or old things or woodworking, it's pretty much got all of that. Or you just like to hear an English guy talk. It, it has that too. Well, it's it's got that accent. Yep, he's got that accent. So, what have you been watching, man? We finished Sabrina, which was, I think, 10 episodes. Because okay. I guess it's getting threatened to be pulled from Netflix for a lawsuit. A lawsuit? Yeah, I'm not going to go into it on here. But apparently there's something they use in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, is protected by copyright by... I don't know if it's some religion or whatever it is, but they're getting hmm. sued over it. Oh, lovely. So, uh, Netflix we, will take care of that. We binge watched all of that. Okay. And then I've been watching Designated Survivor, mm. which is also on Netflix. It is, but I think it's like a Fox show, I think, right? Uh, I don't remember Fox if it said. CBS. But it's... I mean, it's pretty good. It's the normal, you know, FBI, CIA, presidential kind of TV show. Yep. So basically, he's pretty much, he's just 24. It's now he's more in a governmental role as opposed to like a crazy ex-assassin sort of deal. Yeah, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. But basically, like, I mean, I don't think I'm going to ruin it for anybody because it's been out since like 2016 or something. It's, I think it's like two or three seasons in. It's def, it's, there's two on Netflix. But basically, the whole government is wiped out in a bomb. And he was the quote-unquote designated survivor that became president. Yeah. He's he's like so far down in the governmental chain. He was like 13th the, in line or something. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. So that sounds like fun. Kiefer Sutherland. I never... I don't know. I can't watch him in anything. His father, though, I love mm. his father. Donald Sutherland is an amazing actor. Kiefer, it just, I don't know, something about him just doesn't do it for me. I mean, the show in general is pretty good. But I can only take so much of him sometimes. Yeah. But hmm. it's definitely, it's like they took him directly from 24 and threw him into a presidential role. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I had discerned. Except for he, in all the previews I saw, he always looked to be a lot more upset than he was as, as, as uh, whatever his name was in 24. In 24, he was always just pissed. In yeah, this, he just always seems like he's scared. It's been so long since I've seen 24, I don't even remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on to today's topic. On to today's topic. All right, so do you want to kind of... I guess go into go into what we're talking about today, and then I'll go into greater detail with it. I'll do the thirty thousand foot view because this was actually your idea. It was, <laughs> it was, because I it was it's been in my bones for about a week or so. Been thinking so about it. Basically, if you're a maker, it's the ability to be self reliant on not only things you're doing shop wise. But kind of in general. So, 
Example being, in my house, the bathroom faucet was leaking. So being able to fix that myself instead of calling a plumber would be an example. Yes. Uh, so basically knowing what you can do or you can learn and you feel comfortable, which I think is the key word is comfort. Yes. Versus what you need to or don't feel comfortable doing and need to subcontract. So for me, I can do minor electrical stuff, like mm-hmm. switching out light fixtures. I've rewired an outlet before, like smaller stuff like that. But when it comes to installing a sub panel and taking power from the main panel into the sub panel and doing all that, I subcontracted that out because I didn't know what I was doing and wanted to make sure it was up to code. So that's an example of when I drew my line and said I am not doing that. Cool, 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 cool. So you took it a very kind of focused approach um, of what self-reliance is or self-sufficiency. I'm going to kind of broaden it and and go... I'm going to go pretty formal with this one. I'm going to actually go back to Ralph Waldo Emerson who actually wrote a whole thing about self-reliance. I think he may have coined the term. I'm not positive. Don't hold me to that, but I think he may have coined the term or at least elaborated it on it, elaborated on it enough for a semi-modern society. So as opposed to somebody saying like Shakespeare talking about self-reliance that doesn't quite play into modern society very well. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson kind of basically put it as um, a polite society has an adverse effect on one's personal growth. Self-sufficiency gives one the freedom to discover one's true self and attain true independence. So, nice. um, so that can be looked at in many, many different ways. Uh, so one thing that comes to mind is, is like homesteaders. Uh, that's very, very self-sufficient, very independent sort of living. You do everything for yourself. You rely on very few people. You know what that um, kind of reminds me of? What's that? Anne of all trades and her farm that she's making. She, yeah, she definitely has that kind of homesteader sort of thing going on. Um, so any anybody that listens that, that is familiar with homesteaders is, uh, you know, kind of understands what it is that they're doing. And, you know, why it is that they're doing it. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about that strict of a self-sufficiency, self-reliance thing, but I'm looking at it in a, in a more maker vision focused thing. So for me as a woodworker, I'm not going to rely on someone else to sharpen, maintain, and take care of my tools. I'm going to do that myself. I learned how to sharpen and set a, set a saw, um, I mean, it takes a decent amount of practice, but now I wouldn't have to worry about taking my saw to anyone to to do any work on it. Hand planes, I've been doing that for a few years, so I know how to do that. Fixing and repairing most of the tools that I own is something that's just, I've I've practiced on it and I've come to it. Um, What really got me down this road was the other, was, let's say the other day, last weekend, I was splitting my own wood. You don't know how many people buy split wood, and it seems like a crazy concept for me. I guess growing up on a farm, we didn't buy wood. People just, well, a lot of times, just delivered it to our house and just I had, think, it's like, hey, here, can you take this log, and we're just going to get rid of it. 
I think part of it's they either think they don't have the time mm-hmm. or they don't want to spend the time doing manual labor or they find out that it's going to cost X amount of money to buy the tools, mm-hmm. which granted are a long-term thing you can use for a very long time. Yeah. But they make the short-term call where the bundle of wood is cheaper than the tools. Yes. And I think there's also, especially with splitting wood, there's a um, a dirtiness factor to it. You know, it's it's sweaty, it's dirty. kind of a dirty. danger factor, too. Not really. Not. I mean, I guess if you don't know how to use an axe properly, you could keep hitting the, the neck of the axe right below the head and potentially well, split the head off and watch it fly back at yourself. Think about at least 50% of our society. That's true. That's true. We do have a lot of people that they're the reason, you know. There are warning labels. Bo- there are warning labels. Are. Yeah, warning labels aren't to keep the to keep the people that have common sense alive. They're to keep the not so brilliant of us alive. So I mean, we're took we're t- <laughs> we're taking a kind of unique look at it, I guess, as people that handle chemicals and deal with things every day. I mean, you're an engineer. You worked for a huge, huge manufacturing company where most of the things on the floor could kill you at any given moment if you didn't know how to work with them. I work in a field that specifically, you know, works with hazardous materials. So any of that stuff may not kill me right away, but it's not going to be a fun death whenever I get around to it. Yeah, and now that I work in a more of a prototyping company, mm-hmm. there's less... I'm not going to say it's less safe because it's really not. They're not focusing on They're, that as much because they don't understand it, probably. They haven't had to encounter an issue like a giant manufacturing company has where OSHA has like laid down the law. Or somebody loses a finger or And I think because that hasn't happened. So I could literally go over there and be like, hey, can I use the metal bandsaw? And they'd be like, sure. And at my old job, they'd be like, you are not trained to do that. You do not have proper... Um, background. You're not, you're not a maintenance. You're not a maintenance employee. You are not allowed to be within ten yeah. feet of that. Yeah. So it's a completely different world. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's kind of a you know pretty broad approach when it comes to self reliance. There's you know doing things like that that are potentially dangerous, uh, incredibly dangerous for certain things, and and most people don't want to focus on those things. They would rather take a a safer approach um, than have to worry about injuring themselves. But there are other things that don't, you know, there's the, the, the aspect of safety is very, very low. You don't have to worry about it at all. Um, such as we talked about before, subbing out your digital media, subbing out your, your design work. Um, recently, I worked on that, um, that restoration bid. So I broke out pen and paper, or pencil and paper, I should say, and actually sketched up the new concept for that China Hutch, where I could have just as easily flipped it over to you, Trevor, or flipped it over to another listener or just friend that you know deals in SketchUp or deals in yeah. some sort of graphic media and have them do it. But I know, one, I probably didn't want to pay for that because I didn't know if I'm going to get the job. True. And two, you know, I wanted to produce something pretty quick and I know what I want in my head. I don't want to go back and have 15 revisions on something. Yeah. I mean, my latest one was I had to sub it out. I did not have a choice. Yeah. Because yeah. it had to be 
something that was cut in one piece and was five feet long. And, okay, I didn't have to. I could have used the jigsaw. But I wanted it to be a perfectly machine. You want you want a, a precision factor, which Correct. that jigsaw is going, going to give a you. Client, and it's if it was for personal use, I wouldn't have cared. I would use the jigsaw. But because it's going to a client, that makes a whole different story out of it. Yes. But you've taken the self reliance approach, especially with your laser. That mm-hmm. you know, when you bought your laser. You could have probably shipped it to Epilogue, had them rebuild, repair, do whatever it is that they need to do as far as the tube and everything goes, and then ship it back to you. That probably would have that's probably well within their, you know, their I standard could've. operating procedure. But you took it upon yourself, you were self reliant and saved yourself a decent amount of time. I don't know about and saved money. yourself headaches. I was going to say time and headaches because they normally go together. But you definitely saved yourself some money because I don't even want to know what Epilogue's technician fees are what their hourly rates are what they're going to charge to you i'm sure they're not small i'd say they're going to be at least over a hundo well to say the very least the first laser i had which was a hobby laser one of the screws holding down mirrors that have to be replaced and altered and all that Mm -hmm. it's like completely stripped out so I went hacksaw style and made my own uh, flathead screwdriver screw. All which right. that's totally legit. Granted, if that happened on an epilogue, I would not do that. But because it was a hobby laser and it cost a lot less money, I was like, well, whatever. I'll use a hacksaw. Exactly. If you screw it up, you're out maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars. You you screw up on yeah. an epilogue, you're like, well, there goes a thousand dollars. Probably. Because it's probably one machined, tooled apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of them, yeah. Everything's machined and tooled. So, from from your aspect of self-reliance, as far as what, you know, kind of Emerson relates relates back to, discovering one's true self and tra- attaining true independence as a maker, what do you see out of that? Like, what would your end goal be? I guess to be your own self-made man, to be... To be a not necessarily a sole entrepreneur, but potentially at least be able to, I guess, make have your own business. I would like to. The intent is to have, which we talked about this last week. Yeah. The intent is to have my own business with my own bigger workshop that can be a retail space and a workshop that would have any tool I would need. So that would be like, you know, a four foot by eight foot CNC machine, a bigger laser, like pretty much any woodworking or metalworking tool that you could need. Which You want your own private maker space. Basically. <laughs> but be able to have a retail space where you could sell things and bring in clients and all that. Mm-hmm. But... I think for, since I've only been doing this for four or five years now, maybe, mm-hmm. that I I have more as my garage than I expected to have in four to five years from when I started, given the fact that I 
I may have used part of my normal paycheck to buy the tool initially, but I reimbursed myself from money made on either side jobs or the hobby. So my shop is completely self-sufficient, self-funded. Like I didn't use my paycheck, which a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people can't say, oh, I never used my paycheck. It's like, really, then how did you get five things of Festool in less than a month? Like, and you didn't build anything. So yep. that kind of stuff is more uh, satisfying, I'd say, to be able to say that, you know, I built my shop from literally, I think my first tool ever was from my wife and my mother-in-law, which was a Black & Decker drill. Oh, Wow. And that is what I started with. So I've come a long way. Hmm. That's that's pretty good. I mean, that's definitely a a pretty good self-reliance, you know, example of self-reliance, I should say. Um, I'm trying to think of what was I... I had a thought and I totally lost it. Oh. The other, the other side of it is freedom to discover one's true self and attain true independence... Mm-hmm. I see a lot of makers comparing themselves to other makers. You know, everybody's like, I wish I was a Jimmy DeResta. I wish I was a Bob Claggett. I could care less think... about being anybody else. Exactly. Do 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 you for you. The whole point is to be different. Exactly. So because if, you're like, if you're I mean, Jimmy DeResta and Bob Claggett are awesome, don't get me wrong. But if you're like Jimmy DeResta or Bob Claggett, there's already a Jimmy DeResta and a Bob Claggett. Exactly. You can't it's like be you can those be people. the ultimate three D printer. And learn more about 3D printing than Bob. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah, he knows a lot, but he doesn't focus on only that. I he mean, likes there's so to make many things stuff. he could do. Yeah. He likes to make stuff, so there's multiple things he makes. He's not pigeonholed into one thing. Exactly. So... But you can my, become you know, the expert at something else. You can. You can. And I'm, I'm trying to build myself in comparison to, I guess, the other makers in my area as someone that's very knowledgeable in older furniture, furniture restoration, furniture repair, and also old tools in general. Well, you're the but, only hand tool guy I know in that area. You're not the only guy that uses a hand tool or only woman that uses a hand mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. But you're the only person I know of there that pretty much uses strictly hand tools. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm strictly hand tool, but I do I do 90%. focus a lot more on hand tools. I mean, I made my own mallet using hand tools. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of hand tools to go into making one mallet, I will say. But I guess if you have them, you might as well use them, right? There you go. If you got it, flaunt it. Um <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna go any further on that. <laughs> But no, it's it's one of these things where, yeah, I think we all get down on ourselves at times because somebody comes out with this crazy, amazing cutting board or they come out with this, you know, ridiculous looking leather jacket that's just amazing. Somebody 3D printed, I don't know, I can't think of something off the top of my head because I don't see that much 3D printing. It's not in my wheelhouse. But I mean, there's there's all sorts of crazy other makers out there, but... You're none of those people. You need to be your own maker. Can you follow their example? Yes. Can you make things that are similar? 
more than likely, just about every maker out there is not gonna make their ones. There's, they're not gonna have you know each have a specific niche. Just don't be that you, person that straight up copies other people. Yeah, yeah, because you'll get yourself into the situation of the river table, because yes. the gentleman that kind of started the whole river table thing, patent or didn't I don't know if he patented it or he did something to trademarked, trademarked it. it. And he is suing other people that do river tables. That's a whole different. That's a whole different animal. And that, but that was covered about what you could and couldn't do now. Yes. On which pocket Modern Maker podcast? Possibly. I think. Yeah. I think they talked about that with uh, Modustrial Maker, who's a patent lawyer. Is that what Modustrial Maker does? I think that's. That's crazy. What they were saying. I don't know. I think it's just crazy in general how people are lawyers for other things other than like I got in a car wreck or a divorce lawyer or you know something like that. There's all kinds of crazy different types of lawyers. When a lot of when a lot of patent either lawyer, researchers and things like that, mm-hmm. if they're like engineering patents, usually started out as an engineer and then became a lawyer. Yeah. Well, because the only way to understand an engineering patent most of the time and figure out if somebody's trademarked it or, or someone's trying to steal it, yeah, you have to understand how the tool works. Now, the original like OG patents, the stuff that I look at all the time when I research hand tools, it's like, oh, I patented this screwdriver that has a very specific taper and it goes into the handle a certain way. There's yeah. like four drawings to reference. Nowadays... You can have a patent on one particular piece that's one of thousands in a vehicle. Well, and you'd be surprised at how easy it is to get around one patent. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have, It's I think it's called the claims section in the patent application, where you write like everything about it that makes it unique and how it would have to be exactly that type of thing so you have to be mm-hmm. very careful if you ever write a patent but don't think i'm going down that avenue i doubt i get him either uh, uh you might my old job i had a better chance of that but that's true i for a, a lady that my wife used to house sit for she was a chemical engineer she had 17 individual patents to her name yeah i mean at my old job that had hundreds yeah because I mean, you work for a company that that's that big; they have yeah. millions of product styles and product types. But yeah, no, I mean, whenever she left the company she worked for, technically those patents had her name attached to them, but she couldn't take them anywhere. Correct. They were the They're they were the, the chemical company. Yeah, they were the yeah. property of the chemical company. So I mean, there's definitely something to be said for getting inspiration from other people. I have no problem with that. No, I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. If you're one of those people that takes somebody's work, comments on it or whatever, and likes it, and then two weeks later you make the exact same thing and say, look at my original design, then you're just a jerk. No, you're basically no better than the t-shirt salespeople on Instagram. Those are awful. Oh my gosh. I don't think they're people, but you're no better better than than the t-shirt sellers on Instagram shameful it's it's getting out of hand it is quite getting out of hand so be self-reliant try to be as original as you can and you know there's there's ways of of 
taking an idea that already exists and being original with it. Arts and crafts furniture, whenever the guy put, whenever the gentleman that came up with arts and crafts furniture put out the plans for this stuff, they were, albeit simple plans, they were designed for a very specific thing. It is very easy to to skew or change curves and things like that because most arts and crafts furniture doesn't have a lot of curves. All you got to do is put curvature in it and you've got arts and crafts styled furniture, but it looks totally new. It looks it looks nothing like regular arts and crafts furniture, especially if you don't do it in quarter sawn white oak, which is 99% of, of arts and crafts furniture. I think one of the good places for, I guess, to round off the inspirational topic mm-hmm. is the IG Builders Challenge, because you'll see the plans that are for the challenge, and then mm-hmm. you see what people came up with coming out of that challenge, and they're all different. Yeah. And it was all because they took that original inspiring plan and put their spin on it. Yeah, you know, it's just like the gentleman that won our our 3D challenge, Ingstrom. I mean, I never would have thought of making a stool that looked like that. I was thinking very much three-legged or four-legged with a round top. He had this, you know, four-legged, yeah. sculpted, very crisp, very modern-looking thing that could have easily, you know, could have easily sold for thousands. When he used software that I didn't even think of. What did he use? He's, he used more of a sculpting software, I think. Oh, okay. Instead of like a 3D mechanical one. Gotcha. It's not, like it's fusion. not, yeah. So it's not just line or point based. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, that guy right there started out of the box and went completely out of the box. So it's out there for all of you to be your own individuals, and I want you to be that way. We want you to be individuals. Still part of the Maker Collective, but make yourself a part. Do things that are going to stand out above others. And most importantly, be true to oneself. Yeah. And simple as I can make it. Even oh, though yeah, we they'll... went in a roundabout way to get there. Well, IG will find out real quick if you're not being yourself. They'll call you out on it, too. Hmm. Because you see all those people, like the celebrities, posting pictures of, oh, I'm on my private jet, and then mm-hmm. some other person posts a picture of them on the commercial plane and coach. <laughs> yeah. Or it's so, like, hey, I just saw them in first class. They're in first class, but they're riding first class on a commercial plane. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, back on to whatever the topic was we were talking about. Man, you can't, even, you can't think of a simple two-word phrase. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Nope. Self-reliance. No, I knew the topic. I just meant I didn't know what portion of the topic we were on now. Well, since we've kind of... We had we had bullet points that I was going to kind of go with, but we have painted with a broad brush and went down many different avenues. I don't know exactly that we're going to follow our, our little bullet points. I'm sorry, what were your bullet points? Not that it matters anymore. <laughs> <sighs> killing me. You are killing me. All right, so we'll go back. We'll kind of backtrack a little bit um being self-reliant can be difficult for you can be difficult to move forward trevor you touched on it a little bit yes you're self-reliant in the fact that you found your laser you found it used you found it damaged you did all the work to it but it's still within the confines of a laser that has a bed you know x size 
and you had to sub it out. You had to go yep. someone to someone else with that ability. Sometimes, guys, it's guys and gals. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's it's it is necessary to sub out things. It is necessary to go to another person. But find the person that's self reliant in that thing that you're looking for. Don't go to the person that has you know that they're trying to do 50 different things and they may not do any of them well. Go to the one person that that has one thing and does it 50 times a day. They're going to be a master at it. And it's even better if you can make it a fellow maker, which is what I did. Well, I mean, that's that's the end goal is to definitely make it a fellow maker. If you're going to have to go outside of your wheelhouse to get something done, I would suggest going to a fellow maker. Now, for certain things like, oh, I need to buy this crazy different kind of finish or I need this specific type of, of media or product, yeah, you probably can't go to a small small guy for that. You're going to have to probably go to a corporation for it. But there are times you can support the small guy too. Walrus Oil, that's definitely, you know, definitely supporting a small company, maker-based company. But, you know, they're, they're what everyone seems to go to anymore for, for uh, cutting board stuff, for, for anything yeah. food safe with wood. So, I mean, well, there's definitely a way to support them. True. And don't try to nickel and dime a fellow maker. Yes. Say it again. We gotta, we say, say that again. Don't try to nickel and dime a fellow maker. Yes, yeah. please. So, when I subcontracted mine, I told the guy, let me know how much it's going to cost. He told me. And I said, okay, when can I pick it up? Because I, well, for one, I knew it was reasonable. Now, if it's a maker and they're like, oh, I'm going to see and see this for you. And it would cost, say it should cost 300 bucks. Throwing a number out. And they come back with like a thousand. Okay, maybe draw the line. But... If it's within the normal parameters, plus or minus 10% of what you would pay like a corporation, chances are the maker is going to care more about it than a corporation would. Yes. So, like I've had laser work done. I had it quoted locally by companies that wanted five, $600. Instead, I shipped it back to Bill and he charged me 100 bucks. Yes, but you also have a very good long-standing relationship with Bill. So Correct. there's so there is there is that aspect of it. Like whenever I needed my I needed CNC work done, I went to Josh. Um, thankfully Josh did it, you know, out of the the kindness of his heart to to, you know, I think he did like four durations of it. So I know the materials weren't cheap, but for him it was a test of his skills, his abilities and his machine. Yeah. So for him, it was kind of a you know, a learning a learning curve and also free advertisement because he doesn't do as much on Instagram as I do. But I said, take my pictures, use them, repost them. I don't care. I'm happy. I'm happy to to have somebody that can do this for me. So exactly. there are ways of working out deals with people as well. And you it can doesn't build necessarily have to be monetary. Long-term. Yeah, Bill's or Josh's a great guy. Bill's a great guy. I just don't yeah. need as much laser work, so don't go oh, to Bill as much. I just happen to be friends with Josh through work, and I happen to meet Bill for laser stuff, so yeah, just kind of worked out. Yeah, because guess what? They're trying to be self reliant too. Mm-hmm. I think I think Josh's end goal is to have a big, like almost four by eight bed CNC at some point. I think he'll get there. He just needs so to too. get the sales to make it happen. 
Yeah. Because he, he's like me where his hobby has to fund his tools. He doesn't really have the option to pull from a paycheck. Nope. He's got so. he's got a kiddo to feed and a house to pay for and yeah. all the other fun stuff. So True. Yeah. So there's there's a point where you can be too self reliant or self reliance is, is gonna is gonna pigeonhole you into certain things. But overall, as makers, try to be self-reliant. Focus on your skills. Focus on making them better. And focus on providing a niche for yourself. When you need help, go to other makers, especially self-reliant ones, people that specialize in the things that they do. Don't haggle with them. Don't, you know, don't try to talk them down because guess what? You hate it when somebody tries to talk you down on what it is that you're doing. Don't talk them down. Yeah, don't be the person you hate. And if, Exactly. Don't be the person you hate. So, I think that pretty well covers it, even though we went in a crazy, looped, you know, roundabout fashion, went down some rabbit holes. I think that covers self-reliance. I would like to definitely talk about it more. Sometimes the best conversations start off as Alice falls down the rabbit hole. Very true. Very true. Just, Just throwing that out there. Yeah, but unfortunately you're Alice in this situation because you got long hair. I do not. I don't really have long hair. Just long. You got longer hair, hair than, than I do. You. you got longer hair than I do. So. Yeah, but it's not long. <laughs> Makes it sound like I could put it in a ponytail or something, which cannot. Man, happen. It's a man bun. Get it right. Yeah, get it right. it's yeah, a man bun. Get right on that. Yeah, man bun. That's that's exactly what Trevor needs. Everyone is a man bun. That would look extremely stupid that would not look good on you you've got what well, doesn't look good on any guy let's face it come on you'd be surprised you'd be surprised mm. a buddy of mine does look i mean but he's got the willowy hipster frame he has the hipster pants and shoes and now little french the kind guy of mustache people that have like the really long beards and mustaches that make art out of them that i can deal with the guy that eats ramen noodles some of those noodles. are pretty ridiculous out of his out of his beard he eats ramen noodles. There you go. All right. So I think we have talked talked pretty good about self-reliance in this episode. I would like to talk about it more in the future. I'm hoping we can maybe have another maker on. To, I think we'll discuss self-reliance, possibly someone such as Martina that is more self-reliant in the fact that their making is their primary job, is their main source of income. Yeah. I so, agree with that. So I think I think we can touch on this again, but in general, I think we've we've you know kicked a dead horse. Very very true. Yes. So do you have any closing remarks? Now that you put me on the spot, no. Thanks a lot for that. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm gonna be self reliant and probably you know feed my children and things like that. But so you're gonna cook for yourself and your children. Yeah. Good that's, job, buddy. That's self-reliant. You know. There you go. Take it out of the box, pop it in the oven. Come on. Pizza, right? DiGiorno? It is not. Oh, it's not. It's it's not it's not delivery or DiGiorno. I think it's, I think it's chicken fries tonight. Chicken fries. Yes. I don't know what chicken fries are. It sounds like it's something literally a, a, like a, a chicken child nugget eat. in the shape of a fry. That sounds like definitely something a child would eat. You need better quality food, sir. Do what? Do what? I need what? You need better quality food. You need to eat like an adult. 
We have not been grocery shopping because my wife has not been home. So Sounds like you gotta do your own grocery shopping. I haven't had time over the weekend. Everybody mm-hmm. was sick again. Yeah. Which I still am, so that's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Children are awesome and petri dishes for germs. Yes. Yes. Well, guys, I think that's got it covered. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day for those that are listening to the podcast. Uh, reach out to us. Tell us what you think about self-reliance, what you have done as as hopefully self-reliant makers. And if we do have some homesteaders on here, reach out. I kind of actually would like to know more about homesteading because it, it, at times looks really cool. Other times I'm like, man, I don't think I could live in Alaska or live in like super, super rural Montana where some homesteaders do. So, Although did you see, very, very off topic here, he is self-reliant though, Alex Steele. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, the the maverick of all things forged. He, he is moving moved. to. He's already there. Oh. He's in Montana. Oh wow! From the United Kingdom. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Why has he moved over here? I think because blacksmithing is more of a United States thing, is what he was saying. Mm. But even then, like, I think in general things might be more accessible. And some of the stuff he's trying to do. Possibly. But he did do a video with a very short clip in it of the new workshop that's being put together. Mm-hmm. It's probably huge. It's and probably like 10,000 square feet or something. It's pretty big. And he's... But the fact that he went from like a fully decked out shop to selling off everything and moving over the Atlantic within like what seemed like weeks... It wasn't very long, it didn't seem like. Yeah, but I mean, as a content creator, probably as soon as he said, I'm going to have tools for sale, there were probably people all over the world that said, I'm I'll sure. buy it. I'm sure. But, that was, I would say that was a really good example of self-reliance, because he started in like a really small shop and just did YouTube videos and built up his whole thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I think, Hoffman... I, th- I think his last name's Hoffman. He's like one of the best forged in fire. Like he's a forged in fire champion. He's a kid that's like in his early twenties. Is from a very rural part of North Carolina, not far from where my grandparents grew up. Uh, he's, I mean, he's pretty daggum self reliant. I think he's he has like five or six brothers, and they live on a big farm, and like they're a very very close knit family. Yeah. So, so it is possible to make a career out of some of this. It just takes yes. a lot of hard work. It just does, it does take a lot of hard work, especially anybody that's a blacksmith. That is a lot of backbreaking work. Oh yeah, when you're working, you know, I think one of his projects took him like forty videos, and who knows how many hours of actual work were in those, because those are edited down. Who knows? They're like a full day edited into 10-minute video, 15-minute video. I mean, I know that Matt Cremona worked on the high boy for quite a while. Yeah, like, it's no So, joke. I mean, he's got a lot, I mean, content creators got a lot of time invested, for sure. Yeah, totally agree. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. All right. It is time to get my children and feed them. All right. Them.
Sounds good. Well, you take it easy, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. For all the listeners out there, hope you enjoyed another episode of the Maker Vision Podcast. It's been it's been exciting for us. I don't know. Hopefully, y'all find it just as exciting. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> we hope. We hope. All right. All right. Take it easy. Later. See you. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com. We'll post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked into, talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or, once again, in previous episodes, feel free to drop us a line at MakerVisionPodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at MakerVisionPodcast, or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and, a, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week. 